Welcome back, everyone, to the Pure and Simple Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Edwards, and I am joined again this week by John Paw, who is studying out of context Jeremiah 29 11 and putting it back in context. Now, last week, we considered the verse, we went through it, and all the verses surrounding it to help us better understand why Jeremiah 29 11 is in the Bible. This week, we're going to be applying it. We're going to take this verse and other scriptures and look at seven better applications we can get whenever we study it in context. Are you ready? Let's jump right into the discussion, shall we? Time. Exactly. And I feel like when I, when I am the one who's interpreting it to my agenda, mm-hmm. I can't imagine what God has in store. Sure. But if I interpret it to his plan, it helps me better appreciate what he has in store. I heard C- at one time C.S. Lewis wrote that we are like children playing in a mud puddle, mm-hmm. and God has like the parent promising a vacation at the beach. But we don't want to sure. go because we like our mud puddle. Yeah, yeah. You know, And it's like, for those of us who are, have been to the beach, <laughs> and you think about that versus playing in a mud puddle, you're like, oh, it's not even close. And yet, when we're interpreting the Bible to fulfill our dreams, we can't imagine what God has in store for us. So it, it's so much greater. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, now, I think one of the examples of how this can work is you've drawn out seven applications, right? Seven? I believe so. Yeah, seven. Okay. Yes. There's seven applications that we can learn from this verse in context. And so instead of this ambiguous plan where you're sure or not sure what God's plan is for you, when you look at the context, suddenly there's a lot more applications available. So why don't you take us through these applications and we can chew on some of the scriptures together. Sure. Yeah, so you know, the first thing I think that when you study this in context, the first thing you, you do learn is that God's plan does not guarantee earthly prosperity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true in, in several examples in the Bible, but again, like the majority of the Israelites that heard this message or this promise for this plan you know, are never going to really realize the benefits of it, or they're never going to, you know, realize this time out of exile. They're going to spend all this time, you know, working and be obedient. Um, but like I said, as an individual, they, they may not ever get to experience that prosperity. You know, that makes me think of Matthew chapter 6, about uh, God hasn't promised us that we're going to all get rich on this world. And yet a lot of people assume that their comfort and their prosperity are God-given, and when it's when they lose that comfort and prosperity, that it's God's curse. Mm-hmm. Jesus was dealing with the same mindset back then as we do today, and I think that's why he preached that in, in Matthew chapter 6. Um, verse 25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Here's a couple thoughts. First, his final question, are you not more valuable than they? Our value is not based on the number of physical possessions we have. Sure, and yeah. it's easy to think that if I have more, then God's blessed me more. Mm-hmm. But you know, Jesus is trying to shake us into this reality that, that we're precious to God because we were made in his image. The second thing is, 
you know, birds, they don't gather or sow, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not worried about where their next meal is coming from, but they are building their nest. Mm-hmm. They're taking care of their young, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I, I see a great connection there to Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, when God said, plant vineyards and build houses and get busy and have kids and move on. The birds aren't just sitting there with their mouth open waiting for God to bring them the worm. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, great connections. Yeah, um, absolutely. What's next? Uh, yeah, so the next thing I think that we can we can take from this this verse is that, that God's plan doesn't always fit, you know, our desires or more specifically our timeline. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, we just kind of studied how, you know, initially these people maybe thought and probably desired a two-year exile. I'm sure they desired a two-year exile um, or no exile at all. Um, but we learned that, that God's plan is really a 70-year exile. Right. Yeah. And, and they have to, they teach us rather, they teach us that we have to be patient with God's plan. Absolutely. I put a verse down when I was reading through these notes um, in Second Corinthians chapter 12. It's where Paul, three times to the Lord, he prayed for a thorn in the flesh to be removed. Mm-hmm. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. And it's that same principle, you know, yeah. this isn't, your desire, your timeline. It's my timeline. Be patient with me. Right. And uh, I don't know how you are. Yeah. So you can either choose to confirm or deny. Yeah. But I like being in control. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. and yeah. I hate when life gets out of control. Right. I feel so weak. Right. Yeah. And I think we all desire just instant gratification, if nothing else. Mm. I mean, we all want, whether it's in whatever aspect of our lives, but if you work for something, you know, none of us go to work and expect to be paid 70 years from now. Um, you know, we expect our paychecks on time as promised. And, um, you know, the same way is applicable just to anything. You know, I think when we feel very deserving of things mm-hmm. and we very well may be deserving of a lot of things. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think if you get caught in this cycle of, you know, I get, I get, I get. Right. At some point, you're not going to get. Um and at that point, I think is where a lot of people, you know, either potentially lose faith or, you know, fall into depression or whatever, sure. whatever the case is. Well, it's like the parable of the seed, yeah. right? There's the seed that it springs up quickly, but then life chokes it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they didn't get what they wanted. And sure. so they, they abandon the faith. Absolutely. I don't know if this is going to make it or not, but it's just amusing that I have. Yeah. But sometimes I wonder if, the things that we, you're talking about instant gratification. And it made me think of fast food, how you can just like, boom, in a moment, mm-hmm. fill your belly. Right. Like if I'm hungry, I can go get a McChicken sandwich for a sure. dollar and boom. Yeah. And it's like, I wonder sometimes if God gave us hunger for a reason mm-hmm. so that we could physically know what it means to be empty. Sure. And because we're so instant in wanting to gratify and we don't take time to experience hunger and to deal with it and to work through it. Mm-hmm. If that's to our detriment, sure. I don't know. It's just yeah. like a, <laughs> kind of amusing. Maybe uh-huh. maybe we should be less interested in instant gratification. How do sure. we? How do we do that though? Right. How do we? I think it's a it's a hard thing. Like I said, we are we have a lot of conveniences essentially in regards to food. Um, yeah, probably our convenience to food or fast food. Clearly, is not probably good for our health. I mean, I, know, I, right? I don't know too many people that get healthy eating <laughs> fast food. Um, if you look at other countries where they don't have access to fast food, um, 
you know, honestly, in general, those people are, well, they're definitely not overweight like we are, but uh, <laughs> you can make the case that those who hunt and fish and grow their own food are going to be a lot healthier than us. Right. Physically, you know. Man, what spiritual ramifications, right? <laughs> if you're spiritually interested in instant gratification versus, whoa, think about this hungering and thirsting for righteousness, Matthew 5, that uh-huh. kind of popped in my head. You know, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Sure, yeah. Okay, man, this is uh-huh. great. Just making connections all <laughs> over the place. Food for thought. <laughs> no pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, well, let's, uh, let me review. Okay. People might, uh, they might not know where we are in all of our meandering through okay. these points. So we're in yes. seven applications on Jeremiah 29, 11. And we're thinking about uh, how God's applications make it deeper and more meaningful than when we try to take a verse out of context to fit our needs. We've talked about how God's plan does not guarantee earthly prosperity. And we've talked about how God's plan does not always fit our desires or timeline. What's the third one? Yeah, so the third thing that we can take from this is that God's plan for, for redemption, so the plan that we've been reading about, um, or, or salvation, it requires actions. It requires obedience. It requires devotion. It requires repentance. Um, and again, it just requires action from its followers. It's mm-hmm. not a a passive plan, essentially. Right. So we, we've we've kind of brought up that point that yep. uh, in nature, animals don't wait around to be fed. They're active in pursuing it. And the same should be for us spiritually. Mm-hmm. You bring out a couple of the verses that we've we've not read yet from Jeremiah twenty nine. So sure. we we've read or we've uh, referred to verse 1 all the way to 11, mm-hmm. and then we read verse 14, but verse 12 and 13, mm-hmm. which go along great with this point, uh, help us see that God is wanting us to obey him. What does it say? Sure. So uh, verse 12 says, um, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search me, when you search for me with all your heart. Mm-hmm. So again, we see it's, again, it, it's an actual search. You have to seek and search and come to him and pray to him. Um, it's not a, um, you know, we sit back and God finds us, basically, or, or God's plan falls into our lap. It makes me think of the parable of the prodigal son. Sure. You know, God, representative of the father, was giving him every good blessing, and the son ruined it. And when the son was willing to come back, the father was ready. You know, he was there. But the son had to get out of the mud and had to get on the road. Mm-hmm. And the father ran to him and hugged him and blessed him. But yeah, the father didn't go and fight off the creditors. Right. And, <laughs> you know, he didn't fight off the, the landlord that had been uh, putting this son in the mud with the pigs. Mm-hmm. The son had action that he, he needed to do. Mm-hmm. Somebody might be listening to this. And they might be thinking, I thought we were saved by grace. And the things you're saying sound a whole lot like I'm working out my own salvation. But the Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith. How do we reconcile this these concepts in this application? So I think, you know, just with the verse you just said, grace through faith, you know, you know, faith is more than just believing. Uh, faith is one. doing. Right. Um, so, you know, because you can have faith... Um, you know, in a lot of different things, but if you don't truly act upon that faith, you know, it's 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 an empty faith at that mm-hmm. point in time. So it, it really requires action. Um, 
is more than so I would just say yeah faith is more than believing faith is 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 doing in obedience sure and it's doing his will it's not doing just what we think we can do sure you know I'm not gonna yeah. go and build a hundred foot tower and think well that's mm. gonna get me into heaven because I made a hundred foot tower a hundred foot cross maybe that's a better analogy you know I'm gonna build this cross in my yard so that everybody can see Jesus well that's not faith that's right. that's my work sure there Absolutely. is a difference let me read this verse to you Romans chapter 5, verse 2. Through him, we have obtained access into this grace. But I skipped a couple words. I'm going to go back and read it again. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace. Mm -hmm. And so that goes right along with your explanation that God's grace is a free gift, but it's accessed through our belief and that comes by our obedience to him just like in jeremiah 29 right he's promising their redemption he's promising their deliverance and but he's also saying you need to seek me mm -hmm. right right and it's so. more than just like you sitting around for 70 years you need to get busy and you need to seek me and when you seek me you'll find me absolutely what do you think i think that's perfect all right sounds great <laughs> <laughs> okay we're on number four okay so, so i think the fourth thing we can take from this is um you know, even if the reason for our difficulty, so in our, in our in our verse here, we see that the reason that the Israelites are in exile is due to their own, you know, disobedience. Right. So even if if the reason for our own dif or our difficulties are our own fault, uh -huh. you know, God still has a plan that gives us hope for forgiveness and restoration. Um, so again, we see this in the Israelites at this point in the Bible, but of course we see it in our own lives. You know, people do make mistakes. Um, due to their own, you know, actions or inactions, and God gives them a way of of redemption and salvation if, um, again, it's, as we just talked about, if they're willing to, to change their ways. It, I get so, I feel so, I don't know how to describe it, but I feel for people who are their own worst enemy and, and they don't know how to overcome. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, I think in Romans 8, for example, where it says nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, neither height nor depth nor angel nor demon nor et cetera, et cetera. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And it doesn't say it in that verse, but other verses in the New Testament, they work in conjunction to say this. The only thing that can separate you from the love of Christ is you. Absolutely. Nothing else can. You know, right. angels and demons, the devil and, and people, they can't force you. Mm -hmm. You're the only one who can deny the faith. Right. And so we're our own worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's frustrating that it is that way. But uh, I, I guess it's going back to maybe the previous one where we, we talked about how you have to access God's grace by faith. It really is the, about you overcoming your issues through the power of God. Absolutely. Um. I don't know if I have any verses to add to that. Okay. Other than what, what, than what you just said? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe <laughs> yeah. let's go on to number five. Number five here. Okay, so uh, you know, next, you know, the next lesson we can take from this is that, that God will keep his word, mm -hmm. uh, both in regards to the punishment. Um, so in this case, the exile, like in the uh, Israelites were given plenty of warnings um, of what not to do and what would happen if they right. did it. So they were exiled. Um, but he also is true to his word in, in his redemption or his plans to prosper. Mm -hmm. And the same, you know, can be applied to our lives. I mean, if, um, 
you know, God never abandons us or his word. Um, and so we have to, <laughs> we have to take faith in that and believe in that and um, heed the warnings when they're there, but also take encouragement from the uh, the plans to prosper. The hardest part, I think, sometimes of trusting a plan um, is is trusting that it'll pay off or, or, or that sure. there is there is an, an end or there is there is certainty in it. Because, you know, I think if if you knew with absolute certainty even just in anything, you know, if you knew with absolute certainty you would be successful or there would be a a light at the end of the tunnel, it would be much easier to to stay on that plan or that path. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and so I think when when you lack or when you, you know, we start to, you know, start to lack faith in a plan or in a promise, you know, that's when you fall off the mm-hmm. promise, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here, again, if we if we can just above everything else, trust that God will keep his words, um, both in regards to how we were prosper in our eternal salvation. Right. If we just know with absolute certainty that that is what we're working for and that is there, I mean, following commandments should be relatively easy at yeah. that point in time. Yeah. And, and vice versa. I mean, if we know with absolute certainty there's eternal punishment, if we don't, it should be again, relatively easily to easy to stay on, you know, the plan mm-hmm. um because um yeah that's just how I, I mean if someone you know offered you it would be impossible but if someone offered you some kind of plan <laughs> that you would absolutely be a millionaire in i don't know five years um yeah you wouldn't believe it so you wouldn't probably follow this plan um or if you did you would follow it you know probably to a t and sure that's how a lot of scams and stuff happen <laughs> um whereas people have put their faith in the wrong plan yeah yeah Apostle John in 1 John chapter 5, I think, mm-hmm. brings out the idea that uh, his commands are not burdensome. Sure, absolutely. And so the, the concept is, we, we got commands get such a bad rap. Sure, absolutely. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, commands, this is you earning your salvation. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. I heard a preacher say one time, and I absolutely love it, that God's commands are like feathers to help us fly, not burdens to weigh us down. And I like that because right. you, you think when, when God says don't commit adultery, right. for example, let's talk about, you know, both of us are married. Right. So this command, don't commit adultery, that's not meant to, you know, uh, keep our our game from <laughs> being whatever we wanted it to be. Sure. But it's to help us see that a healthy monogamous relationship is so much better than anything we could ever try to get on our own. Right. And so that command enhanced who I am. It right. enhanced who you are. Absolutely, yeah. And it didn't weigh us down. Right. Now, if we looked at it with fleshly eyes, you right. know, it's taking away all of this pleasure we think we might get. Right. But with spiritual eyes, we're saying, wow, this is better than I ever could have imagined. Absolutely, so, yeah. There's my soapbox moment for the <laughs> for this for episode. The cast, for this episode. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you didn't know that I could talk so much about a sentence, did you? <laughs> hey, no, I I did actually. This is, I'm not surprised at oh, all. Oh man, that's funny. All right. Well, we're on number six. I think so. Go so, ahead. So yeah. So next thing we can take from this is is that God doesn't remove all difficulties from our lives, mm-hmm. but gives us hope, purpose, and the tools to deal with these difficulties. Because yeah, I mean, again, in our example, this exile, he's not immediately taking them out of exile. Sure. Um, it's not happening tomorrow. He's not, he really at no point 
really offers to lighten the load while they're in exile. He's really saying there's going to be difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, here are the things you can do to deal with it and kind of thrive in it and survive within the difficulty. But he's not, um, you know, he's he's not raining down food from the sky for these people. He's also right. he's telling them to plant so they can, you know, feed themselves. Um, same is true with us. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, I would say genuinely, but you just kind of hope, you know, God, please, you know, rid me from from this difficulty. Um, and definitely praying and praying fervently is good to do. Um, but again, it, it takes action. You know, we can't just keep living the same lives or keep tempting ourselves and sure. in whatever you know capacity that means, mm-hmm. and just expect that yeah, you know, tomorrow I'm not going to deal with this temptation. You know, because you're going to. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. just really more have to stay on plan to, you know, endure it um, and and do what you can to again provide for yourself. You know, Peter said that uh, the persecutions and the trials that Christians back then were going through. It was like gold being refined by fire. Hmm. It purifies. Sure. And surely we can see that suffering in this life builds our character. Mm-hmm. Man, my kids hate when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I hated when my parents said it sure. when I was a kid. But yeah. it's so true that, right. that that think about who you are as a person and yes, what sir. you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Erase all the suffering you went through. Yeah. Could you be the same guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely not. I mean, I think ultimately uh, things that have been the hardest have been, for most people, the most rewarding, you know, or the things that you've overcome are the things that you've learned Mm -hmm. the most from. Like, I don't know, not too many people tell stories about how easy something was. You know, we always (laughs) tell our great conquering stories, how Uh we overcame Uh this or this situation. Yeah. Uh, If God, if his intention was to remove all difficulties, Mm Mm-hmm. Why didn't Jesus heal everyone? You know? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, yeah, that's a very it's a good question as to why not just make it and I think the, I think the answer would be so why not just heal everyone? Why why put any qualifications or, or demands on anyone? Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think I think the goal there is just because if you start to well, say reward or heal every action or inaction um, I mean, ultimately, you would, you know, one, there'd be no purpose for obedience or sure. faithfulness or anything. Sure. And then you would really just be rewarding, you know, I guess, bad behavior essentially at that point in time. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. and that would make that would nullify God's faithfulness to his word. Sure. Absolutely. If if uh, Jesus came as a wish machine mm-hmm. and if God answered prayer like a wish machine, mm-hmm. then he nullifies the word as far as he's faithful to his judgment. Mm-hmm. And he's faithful to his reward, so yeah, this this is good. Um, let's talk about this last one. Okay, so go ahead, and I've already got a thought ready. I'm really excited. To okay, share. okay. I, I want you to hold on to just start. a moment. Okay. <laughs> um, so our last, you know, lesson that we'll take from this is, regardless of our present, you know, of our present different circumstances, God offers one promising future: eternal salvation with God which is, would be relief from all of our earthly struggles. Mm-hmm. So we see that because we all come from different, you know, backgrounds, um, struggles. Um, you know, we all have a different probably story to tell and things that we've overcome. Um, but but there's just one goal. Right. Um, and right. and it, back to our, you know, individuals versus a group of people as a, you know, as individuals, we're all different. But as a group, we all have the same goal. 
what I love about this point is that it helps me understand it's not all about me. Mm-hmm. And sh- I think even though, you know, I struggle sometimes with being selfish. And I know we all struggle. It's just our nature sometimes to our flesh craves things, right? So we can all be selfish. But to realize God has a plan and it's his plan. It's not my plan and it's not about me. Mm-hmm. God has a plan. Mm-hmm. And so the, I guess the satisfaction comes in how can I mold myself into being a part of that plan sure. instead of trying to be so brittle with my own plans and, and, and shape God into who I am. Absolutely. I love how it, it, despite our present circumstances, whatever they may be, just to remember God has a plan and the beauty is that he's allowing me to be a part of it. That right. gives me hope. It gives me satisfaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Um, have you crushed the spirit of <laughs> of people who use Jeremiah twenty nine eleven? They had it highlighted <laughs> in their Bible and like hearts next to it about yeah, God's plan. Yeah. Have you just destroyed their dreams? <laughs> I, I hope not. I hope I have. This has not led to any. Yes, yeah, destruction of signs <laughs> in front yards or the scraping off of bumper stickers or the, um, yeah, I guess covering up of of this favorite verse in some way. I mean, I think you know, honestly, the the opposite should be true. I mean, I think it obviously can be used to comfort and inspire um, people. But I think when we've just learned, I mean, we took seven lessons right. out of one verse, right. whereas maybe before a person just had one, you know, just mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. thought and that tomorrow will be better than today. Whereas now we actually have seven things that we can benefit from. Mm-hmm. So I I would hope that if you just had highlighted and is now underlined, start, because... <laughs> You should have more meaning to this verse now. It still can, I think, serve that original purpose to an extent, right? But with a, you know, with a fuller knowledge of it, mm-hmm. it I think it also will help people. Um, yeah, you know, again, just stay faithful because I think this. If we promise this prosperity um, and potentially instant prosperity, you know, that's just going to lead to people losing faith because yeah. we all. I don't know. If you've been alive more than a few years, you've recognized that struggles are real and struggles will happen mm-hmm. and a lot of times struggles are um continuous sure. um so if we set up people's expectations that um god has a plan for you tomorrow will be better um we're just setting up false expectations for people right. and so i think if we have more uh, i guess realistic and applicable expectations and lessons it allows it to to really serve its original purpose mm-hmm. um and just serve a better purpose. When we when we disciple one another to have joy, mm-hmm. you can have joy when you're sad. You can have joy when you're heartbroken because joy is is more than just happiness. Mm-hmm. Joy is that expectation, that hope of beyond. So you know, mm-hmm. instead of tomorrow's going to be better, it's gonna you're going to say, even if tomorrow's not better, I still have joy sure, because absolutely. of who God is and what He's done. Absolutely, what a wonderful message that is. I have two more questions and then we'll we'll be done. Okay. Um could you offer a word of encouragement for people who like to share verses? Sure. We we don't want to uh <laughs> tell people you better stop sharing verses on social media. Right. But how can we do it with wisdom and discretion? Sure. So that's a good point cuz I mean I think yeah so the point here is not to um yeah yeah tell people not to share verses. I mean almost the opposite I think is should be true. You should share more verses. So if you're right. willing to share one, so if you're willing to share this one, 
you know, also include these other ones that we've pointed out mm-hmm. um, or at least reference them. Or, you know, it is impractical if you have this posted somewhere to, you know, ask someone to listen to this podcast as well. <laughs> um, but at least be able to, if someone comments on it, um, you need to be able to then, you, you know, really explain it or, or, or flesh out all the different messages that, that it's coming with. So I think it just leads to more conversations rather than mm-hmm. nice first thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, it, mm-hmm. it should lead to a a bigger discussion and vice versa. Like if you see someone sharing verses, um, you know, it, it could easily, you know, sometimes the hardest thing is to bring up maybe some kind of a study with somebody. So right. I think these popular verses that people display is an, a relatively easy, you know, in or avenue to take when, when wanting to study the Bible with somebody. Sure. Well, so, you heard it from John Paw yeah. that you need to, link this podcast episode <laughs> to every time you post Jeremiah yeah, twenty nine eleven. Yeah. Now yeah. I like that. Um it, it should be about making conversations and, and not just about putting some decorative wall art on your social wall. Sure. Absolutely. Um the final question I have is is about this it's kind of your closing thought. Uh-huh. And um it says these verses are a starting point to knowing God not a conclusion. Will you expand on that? Because I love the way you you phrased it. Sure. I think, you know, so I think, you know, we're kind of programmed nowadays that we want the short and fast message. You know, Mm -hmm. we want, Mm -hmm. you know, in general, people don't want to read a book. They just want the headline. You know, that's why I guess Twitter and and other platforms (laughs) are so popular. We just want our hundred characters, whatever the limit is to get the message. Too long, didn't read. Exactly. And none none of the other stuff. So I think that's really, that's why it's very tempting just to toss a a verse up there. And again, it it can start, like we just talked about, it can be a good jumping off point. Um, But very rarely, I'd probably say never, is it a complete conclusion or Mm -hmm. message. So Mm -hmm. instead of using these verses as a, uh, like a drop the mic kind of, opportunity <laughs> um we, it should be how you you know start your conversation because it's again in, in, in the real you know i would we talked about danger earlier i mean it said at worst when we don't consider the whole message you know we change the meeting and, and and we can take people down the wrong path but at the very least it's you just don't get the whole message and so right. we talked about earlier i mean we we took a, a verse from one message one lesson to seven um, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's, and frankly, the more we talked, we probably could have had 10 or 12, I suppose. <laughs> so, um, it, it should always, verses are a great thing to share. They're a great thing to inspire, but they shouldn't, they should whet your appetite. Not right. They shouldn't completely fulfill you, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I think a great way that to, to share it when somebody does have a big life problem. You know, we've used losing a job. Mm-hmm. God forbid that you lose a loved one mm-hmm. or go through a breakup or something big. Or when somebody else goes through that, instead of posting Jeremiah twenty nine eleven to them, you post it. But with that, with the question, do you know what Israel went through so that God promised this? Just mm-hmm. that question. And maybe that's cheesy, but there's ways that you could ask questions. Have you considered what God's plan was in this scripture and, and mm-hmm. what people went through to know his plan? Sure. And there's just ways that you could introduce the suffering of these people, and that's when God offered the promise, and so they could then 
get to those seven applications that you talked about earlier. So, um, well, thank you for coming in. I'm very grateful. This has been just a really fun conversation for me, and, and I hope others are blessed. So thanks for coming in. Thank you. I am so thankful for John Paw and for his great study. And uh, like I said, I think maybe back in the first episode, I have already taken his notes, and I've preached them at other places. You know what's funny about it is that I've had people tell me that they thought it was some of the best sermons I preached. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to reply to that. You know, I took somebody else's notes, and uh, somebody said it was my best sermon. So maybe I should take a few more of his and just start taking them around with me as I hold gospel meetings. Or... John, if you're listening to this, maybe you should start holding gospel meetings because obviously you have a talent for teaching and I'm thankful to know you and for your good Bible study. Now, everybody else, thank you for listening. And uh, John has actually recorded a few of these with me and so I'm gonna kind of keep them spaced out. But across the next several episodes, you should see these out of context series, uh, Bible verses that John has studied and then putting them back into context. You'll see them. Uh, across the next few episodes that are being put out. So look forward to them. And while you're waiting for the next set of episodes to come out, you can go to the website, www.pureandsimplebible.com. And while you're there, you can look at different study resources that are there, videos, all the podcast library. Everything is yours to download and use digitally absolutely free. So check it out. And until next week, I want you to remember... God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you. Well, it's real.